0: I speak to you in the name of one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So yesterday morning, Annie and I were getting ready to take Jack and go up to Oxford for the day for a friend's wedding, and I decided to give Annie a little bit of extra time to sleep in in the morning, and so I took Jack, and we were going to go to the, Jack and I were going to Kroger to uh, get a bunch of supplies for the week. And as I arrived in Kroger and got Jack out of his seat of the car, and just as I was about to put him in the basket, he promptly threw up on everything. And I mean everything. It's amazing how much you can fit into something that small. (laughs) Needless to say, the Kroger trip did not happen. We turned around immediately and headed back home and woke poor Annie up, he was trying to sleep in, and we all got together to figure out what to do, and I called the doctor and this new parents do, every time anything goes wrong, we just call the doctor. And uh, they say, well, just, you know, give him some fluids and try to keep him sedate and calm and take a nap, which I thought, have you ever met a toddler in your life? <laughs> sedate is not something that they do. But nonetheless, we decided that maybe what what, what we what might work was we would give Jack, uh, we would all sit on the couch and well, we'll to watch a movie with Jack. We'd never done that before. We'd sit Jack on and I've seen so many kids who just kind of are willing, are more than happy just to sit in front of the TV and, and enjoy it. And so we're like, we're going to take Jack and maybe he'll stay calm and sit with us on the couch and watch a movie. So we were going along and trying to select a movie and there were two options. There was Frozen. And, yeah, I know, everybody watches that. And then there was uh, the Lego movie. And I had just gotten over, after a week, I had just, just then, that day, gotten over having Let It Go stuck in my head for an entire week. So I was not about to do Frozen. So we started watching this Lego movie, which I was a bit skeptical about, thinking that it was a movie about Lego people. But it turns out it's a really entertaining, beautiful story. Not that Jack would know that. (laughs) Because he spent the entire time of the movie looking for the remote so that he could play with it. And when he couldn't find the remote, he spent time climbing on Mom and Dad. And he did not in any way be sedate, but Annie and I got to watch a great movie as Jack played. Um, but it's a, it's a really sweet movie about a Lego guy who's perfectly ordinary in every way to the point where people don't even notice him. And he's called on to do something amazing and save the world. And he does so by being told that he's special. He's the most special person in the whole world. And so he starts to have all this confidence that he can do all these things. Until eventually, as we get towards the movie, someone tells him, you're not special. You're totally ordinary. I just made that up. And he finds himself, this Emmett, the Lego guy, finds himself doubting himself. He's not sure that he can do all the things. He doesn't feel that he's creative. He starts to feel that he is just that ordinary guy that nobody notices again. Now, ironically, being an ordinary guy that nobody notices would probably be just fine with Thomas in today's Gospel reading. Thomas gets called out. Jesus uses him for what we call a teachable moment. Because the reality is that Thomas is no different than any of the other ten disciples. To read John's Gospel, what happens at the very beginning, Jesus appears to the other ten disciples and he shows them his hands and he shows them his side and then they say, Lord, it's so good to have you back. We're so glad to see you. But only after he's shown them these things did they realize that he was there. So, They are no different than Thomas. The difference is that Thomas had the misfortune to not be there. And so when they came and told him about that experience, he didn't believe them. And he wanted that same opportunity. Jesus, being the wonderful, loving Savior that he is, gives Thomas that opportunity, but also uses it to help each and every one of us in our own faith journeys as well. And so poor Thomas, as he's called out in the Scripture for all time, as Doubting Thomas. But Doubting Thomas is not a cautionary tale. Doubting Thomas is a tale of inspiration and a tale that should lift all of our hearts to know that doubts are something that happen to the best of us. Doubts happen to the best of us. Doubts happen to Thomas. Doubts happen to the other ten disciples along the way. Doubts happen to all the people who followed Christ. Including John the Baptist, the man that Jesus calls the best of us who ever lived. Happened to him too. But but Jesus says, you know, as as Thomas is given, Thomas had the ability or the, the gift from Jesus of being able to see him. But Jesus tells him, you know, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. And those people are us. And every one of us who's followed in their footsteps, who's listened to the witness of the disciples and then the witness to those who've listened to the witness of the disciples along the way. And each and every one of us has come to believe. Yet we do not have the opportunity to have Jesus come and stand in this room and offer up His side and His hands for us to see and touch and know physically we have to know spiritually we have to believe in the face of a world that throws up any number of arguments and obstacles in our path belief though is a powerful thing but how do we keep that faith how do we not let the doubts destroy us somebody in Bible study the other day said I know I'm supposed to not doubt well it's not entirely correct the reality is we're all going to doubt or have doubts, but we're not to let our lives be defined by those doubts. We're not to let our spirit be defined by those doubts. Because doubts are not in and of themselves the enemy of our faith. Fear is the enemy of our faith. It's what causes us to not believe. Doubts give us an opportunity to test our faith, to strengthen our faith if we, if we embrace them, if we live into trying to understand our doubts and work to figure out why we still believe. It gives us strength and power in our faith in our spirit. But how do we do that? How do we engage those doubts without letting them tear us down? Well, we've got some great examples from the disciples themselves and from John the Baptist. The disciples went to relationship with Christ. They had the ability to be in a relationship with Christ and Christ came to them and showed him his hands. For us, that relationship isn't necessarily having Christ appear in our midst, but it's in seeking Christ out. It's in seeking out the witness of those who have seen through the scripture, digging into it, experiencing it, talking about it. It's in prayer with God, prayer with Christ, prayer with the Holy Spirit. When we find ourselves doubting, we take time to sit down and pray to God. Because the more we pray with God, the deeper our relationship with Him. The more we go to worship, the deeper our relationship becomes with Christ if we throw ourselves into it. And so all of a sudden, those doubts that we're having are assuaged by the fact that we have a relationship with God that we've gone to because of those doubts. It strengthens us. But then there are times when we can't find it within ourselves to really jump in and face a doubt. There are times when we're broken enough that we need help. And that's where we come to John the Baptist. John, you see, found himself doubting when he was in prison. His job, his purpose on this earth had been to come and to announce the coming of the Lord to tell everyone that the Messiah was coming, to point out Jesus, to baptize him in the river. John's, John's life was linked more with Jesus Christ than anyone else. And yet, here he was in prison, facing pain, imprisonment, possibly death. And John found himself having some doubts. Thinking, what if I was wrong? What if I did all this? What if I essentially ruined my life, found myself in prison and Jesus isn't that guy. What if I messed up? But he couldn't go to Christ. He couldn't go out and seek Him because he was in prison. And so John reached out to a friend. John asked a friend to go and talk to Jesus. Tell Him what my question is. See what He says. And Jesus, of course, reassured John that, that He was who He was. That He is the Son of God. That He is the Messiah. And John was reassured of He reached out through a friend to have that happen. And so too can we. Because the reality is, each and every one of us has been brought to our faith through friends and family, people we love and who have loved us. People have taught us about our faith. People have showed us examples of the love of God in our lives and in this world. And we have come to believe in part because of them. And so too can we face our doubts through friends, through people we love, through people we respect. When we're feeling shaken, we can go to them. Asking for support, asking for people to talk to, asking for someone to share their experience of God to help lift us up in our own. Those are two very different but important ways, both based on a relationship. Going to Christ Himself through prayer, through worship, through study, and going to friends. Two ways that we can help to con- confront our doubts when they happen. Because if we can confront those doubts, then they strengthen and temper our belief and make it stronger. And the power of belief is incredibly strong. The power of belief is incredibly strong. We can see it in this nation of all places where people who believed in themselves despite long odds made incredible things happen. In the span of just 200 years, this became the most powerful civilization on this planet, mostly through people who just believed in themselves. Through long odds and many dangers went out and made incredible things happen, built up industries and, and incredible resources and Healthcare and schools and all the different things we've done in this country have happened because people believed in themselves. And if we can do that just believing in ourselves, imagine what we can do when we believe in something infinitely stronger than we are. Imagine what we can do when humankind comes together and believes with pure and loving hearts in a God who is so much stronger than they are. A God who can make Anything happens. Things we couldn't even dream of. We can do something as a people so much greater than building up a, a company or building up, creating a new civilization or doing all these different things. We can do something even more important than that. Something even greater than defeating the long odds of a dictator. Like in World War II. We can do something even greater than all those things. You see, we can change the heart of this world. People who believe in God can even change the heart of this world. And if you think this world doesn't need changing in its heart, just turn on the news. It's only through belief in that love that sustains us, lifts us up, carries us, helps us grow, that we go out and then share that love help other people come to believe that they in turn might then also do the same, that we begin to change the heart of this world. And it sounds daunting. It sounds scary. It's easy to say, I doubt that I can make that happen. I'm just one person. Or we're just a hundred people. But we're not alone. Because we have the Holy Spirit within us. We have Jesus Christ lifting us up, promising us eternal life and salvation. In Him, all things are possible, but we must believe. In that Lego movie that I was watching the other day, this little guy came to believe in himself, not because someone told him he could, but he believed in himself, and he made, of course, Save the World and all of the things that we do in wonderful children's movies. Belief is a powerful thing. Belief is incredibly powerful. But we have to face our doubts to temper it, to strengthen it, to keep us going when obstacles are thrown up in our way, when the long, odds seem long, as they do so very often in this world, to know that if we keep the faith, if we stand up in spite of those things, that Jesus Christ will see us through. That the promise is always there. The promise is sure and it is certain that all, in the end, all will be well. In the end, all will be well. And when you know that, when you believe it, then in the end, all will be well.